Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because it is our annual end of summer wrap-up, which means I am joined as always for this very special episode by Adam Risky. Hi everybody. JB. Hello. And for the first time, the man who's seen more summer movies than anyone, Mr. Rob D- I'm sorry, TV's own Rob D. Cristino. Thank you, Patrick. TV's Rob D. Cristino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad that at the end of um, the reserve seating Snow White and the Huntsman, where I said like Rob D. Christine Crow, yeah. Rob D. Crostino was right there. And I don't know why I-, I went for the sweatier one. It was good. I wasn't giving you notes. You're fine. <laughs> I feel like you missed that on the Crow City of Angels podcast also. It's just I'll bet I did. Spot. Yeah, it's like a blind spot with you. I need to just get out of the game. Yeah. Crow vision. Jay Bones, how is California treating you? Well, I'll tell you. I don't want to brag. It's paradise. Yeah. Nice. There's only one downside, and we were talking about TV Zone, Rob DiCristino. I got used to the journalists who do the news in Chicago, which is a hard scrabble city and getting used to the news out here is very strange because there are no journalists. <laughs> One night someone was chasing someone else on the highway. And that was the entire newscast. There were no stories. There was no sports. There was no weather that I could see. Maybe they shouted it at some point, but it was a half an hour of the helicopter following the police chase. But my point is, there are no journalists. There's just spokesmodels. So oh. they're very, very attractive, but they're not the brightest bulbs in the box. So um, the church where the dance at the end of Back to the Future was filmed, I believe it's in Pasadena. Don't, don't, someone listening to this, if I'm wrong, go with me. It's in Southern California. And they're doing a fundraiser because they have a bell tower, not a clock tower, but a bell tower they need to fix. So it's save the bell tower. And they're going to recreate the dance in the gym where they filmed the dance in the movie. They're going to have the DeLorean outside and you can buy tickets to the dance and dress up and pretend you're in a movie. Sounds fun to me. So they send this correspondent out to cover this thing and every single thing about back to the future, she gets wrong. (laughs) And the event, the event organizers spend eight minutes correcting her. No, no, it wasn't Eric Stoltz and stuff like that. Um, It was quite strange. And then at the end of the newscast, when they do the weather, California is so big. They have to do eight, different weather reports because the inland empire is different than the high desert and the high desert is different than the valley and the valley is different than the low desert and i'm trying to figure out where i am so that i know what the weather is i've theorized that i'm the coast but Mm. it's pointless because it takes up so much space california is so huge every night the weather report the temperature the next day the, the variance is like 30 to 40 degrees. It's like, and if you live in the high desert, you're fucked because it's going to be 115 for the rest of your life. Meanwhile, in Oxnard, it's 62. Um, 
It's that San Diego thing. When you're between the ocean and the desert, you get this preternatural weird weather that never changes. Patrick's falling asleep, so I will stop. How did the police <laughs> chase end? See, that's the weird thing. They had to stop the newscast because the talk show is next. Oh. So you never find out. Never they, find out. That, that's our time. Maybe they crashed. I was um, hoping the newscast was in on it. And they're just like, as long as we get to the hour and he crashes, then we're good. They're creating news. And Patrick, yeah. if you're wondering what this has to do with movies, it's my favorite joke in the movie L.A. story where Steve Martin plays a weather guy in San Diego and he's fired because he starts pre-taping his segment. Because mm-hmm. the weather's the same every damn day. I don't remember that joke. I've seen that movie, but yeah. I don't remember that joke. That's the best. We are joke recording. In uh, we are recording. For, I won't say for the first time, but we're on Zoom, and usually in the past we've used Skype to record, so we can see each other. So that's weird. I literally had to like concentrate just to do the intro because of the change. I had to be like, "What do I say at the beginning of this goddamn <laughs> podcast for the last twelve years?" Um, as somebody who always podcasts remotely, I can tell you that it's much easier to do this when I can see you and like read facial features and stuff like that. Then it's, it's, I always prefer to do this on video, but this is I'm, exciting I'm too because we're, we're like coast to coast this episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and that's uh, going to be our spinoff after this movie, Coolin Coast to Coast. That's, that's, that's going to be, be LA after, Nights. That's, yeah, yep. that's going to be after Doug starts, uh, after this movie after midnight. And John, you'll be like our correspondent in California, and you'll watch the Eddie Griffin movies that are only released in L.A. and Phoenix. Oh, my God. Do those (laughs) exist? When I went to see Baywatch in L.A., um, I saw a trailer for a movie with Eddie Griffin, and at the end of it, it just said, coming soon to L.A. theaters, and that was it. (laughs) That's, That's odd. We don't want that Griffin character in the flyover states. No, no. Du- we learn from double take. Enough <laughs> of that. <laughs> because sometimes Adam and I do the podcast live in the undisclosed location with Patrick. Without, yeah, without Patrick knowing. We do it <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually behind the sofa and Patrick yeah. spends half the podcast wondering where my voice is emanating from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So we are going to talk about this summer, and uh, I honestly wasn't sure if we were going to do the show this year, the summer wrap-up, which we've done every year since 2010, because I just couldn't figure out what to say about this summer. So we're going to figure it out as we go here. (laughs) It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, because even though my move prevented me from seeing quite as many movies as I usually do, um, I have to say, I'm sure that two of the movies I saw this summer will make my 10 best list for the year. And two other movies I saw this summer, I don't even consider movies. Maybe the three of you can suggest a new term for this phenomenon where it's being advertised as a movie and it looks like a movie and it sounds like a movie, but this ain't a movie. I don't sounds know like our boy it. got himself some content. Yeah. <laughs> Was it called Quibi? Wait, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what? About content? Yeah. I don't, I don't, wait, what are you talking about? No, there's, because so many streaming companies and then like sometimes 
studio heads, they'll refer to their slate as content instead of films and things of okay. that sort. Now, yeah. Thank you. And for it's like if you're that. an internet person, yeah. like we're we're making content right now. Yeah. That's what the Zoomers call the internet. They call it content. The other day, my wife read something on Twitter that she said made her blood boil. We were really enjoying the final season of Better Call Saul mm. because it was amazing TV, if anyone was following that for years and years and years. And then she heard someone from AMC talk about it. Oh, my God. They used a, an, they used an expression that sounded like it was from the world of physics because Better Call Saul got so many people to sign up for AMC Plus because they mm. wanted to watch the damn show without commercials. They didn't refer to it as a TV show. They didn't refer to it as narrative. They didn't refer to it as content. They referred to it as like a, a resubscription device or something. <laughs> I mean, just the most bloodless, I could be selling plums. Um, Speaking of which, the bubble was released uh, in April. That's what we're leading with? Is the <laughs> I forgot that came out this year. Can we save that for the end of the year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When we talk about uh, movies we did not like. And yeah. that's the Judd Apatow thing, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, the Jurassic yeah. Park thing. Oh, yeah. I adore that the bubble exists because it led me to um, find that there's a theater in, I think, Santa Monica. It's in L- the LA area but it's called like Bay Cinemas and all they show are Netflix movies. It's a theater that's owned by Netflix. Netflix and all they show it, yeah. there. And when I look at it, I'm just like, does the gray man really need two screens? You can go see man up the way it was meant to be seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the Kevin Hart Wahlberg thing that just came I out? I think so. I think that's what it's called. Okay. And it shows how far Netflix has fallen in, in very few years because there was a time when, I had to seek out the Irishman at a theater. I wanted to see Roma in a theater. So there was a time when you might have wanted to. Uh, One casualty of my move is that Netflix hit the curb and I no longer subscribe. That movie has Jessica Henwick in it, so I'm cool with it. (laughs) The the Gray Man? So far, dropping Netflix has not changed my life an iota. Well, John, what were the two movies that you think could be on your top 10 list? Yeah. Well, I'll don't bury you, the lead. Uh, yeah. based, based on what I had read ahead of time, I, much like um, the Batman, I went in expecting to hate this thing with, with all of my being. And um, I went to see Nope. And I think Nope is a masterpiece. Um, I think it's an amazing film that does a lot of things. I think what really turned people against it is that people no longer have an attention span. And Nope is a film that takes its damn time laying out what it wants to do. I give him so much credit for not repeating um, Get Out again and again and again, like another filmmaker does, who shall not be named, M. Night Shyamalan, um, that clearly us was in the mold of Get Out, but I I don't think you'll find a film that's less like Get Out than Nope. And I thought Nope was amazing and gave the audience a lot of credit for putting things together 
that the film did not bend over backwards to connect. Um, it has a lot to say about a lot of things. It's interesting that you say what turned people against it, because I've heard nothing really but praise for Nope, except for the uh, from the other three people on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so Adam and Rob, you did not like it. I was not a huge fan of it. No. I think it kind of sucks, but <laughs> I reviewed that, it. Um, no, but that, that's just my opinion. I'm glad that you enjoyed it, John. I'm glad that yeah. anybody enjoys anything. Um, for me, it was just like a paper that wasn't proofread and they turned it in. And it just like had some good ideas, but I thought it was kind of a mess. And I thought that the B story was so far more interesting than the a story that i got the story you mean the the when he was a child actor and the incident happened correct yeah see i I thought that was that was your movie right there Um, i think they're intrinsically linked in a lot of subtle ways that people don't don't care to entertain i think what's going on in that movie um is a, a not just about the nature of entertainment, but also the nature of exploiting the natural world. Uh, and that's the connection between the thing in the sky. Mm-hmm. And, sure. Um, the yeah. And I said this, Adam and I did our gripe house and, you know, we've, we, we, we could do it again if we want, but um, I, 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 <laughs> I, I abstain from that. <laughs> nope, is, nope is, nope is very, I mean, Adam made the, the M. Night Shyamalan connection um, in the sense that, Jordan Peele is heading in that direction in terms of starting he's in his becoming prestige. a brand name. Well, just in the sense that he's starting as a prestige figure, moving, getting more experimental, pushing different buttons, different boundaries, and then eventually going to shift more into the village and, and take more chances in, in more of a niche genre sense, as opposed to like the big blockbuster filmmaker. Um, nope is a movie that I, I I'm, curious to see again i'm sure you know come screener season we'll be getting all packages and stuff with all kinds of prestige note materials and i'm looking forward to watching it again i don't think there's anything in nope i didn't understand i feel like i'm pretty clear on the themes i'm pretty clear on what it was getting at um the big problem for nope is that i watched get out right before i went and saw it (laughs) and get out is about as taut and tight a screenplay as you get it's 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 it everything is setups and payoffs um i watched us I, I watched all three jordan peele films in the same day i knew i had the press screening for nope that night so i watched get out and then i watched us i still don't love us but us and nope are both like he's stretching he's trying he's pushing and i give him credit for that um they're just not my favorite movies i don't i don't think they're it's very difficult for me as a story plot propulsion guy to watch something as sort of finely crafted as get out and then watch nope and see you know like to see the connection or see it's just very difficult for me to watch it that's all i just maybe i'll like it the second time um the first thing i said when we got out of the show because i was kind of gobsmacked by the whole thing was that i turned to my wife and i said you're not going to find a scarier shot this year than the shot of the monkey looking up and seeing him under the table. Yeah. And I just thought that was, there's, there's tons of stuff in it. I like it was chilling. Yeah. Really. Um, I'm not like, the biggest fan. Images. I'm not the biggest fan of us either, 
But I think there's a lot in us to like. Um, Yeah. But I really thought that Nope was a much more worked out a piece of art here's here's another ancillary thing i really liked and i have to apologize because i confuse these two actors all the time the actor who played the father in nope keith david okay i always get keith david and david keith mixed up even though that makes no sense they couldn't look any different so it's so it's keith david mm-hmm. yeah did you notice that throughout the film um the lead actor is doing a vocal impression of Keith David. Because it's clue. dad. Did you notice that? He's doing Keith David's voice. It's I can see so it. cool. I love Maybe. it. Yeah, There's lots I of things. I think he's wonderful in that movie. That whole scene of him in the storm where he's sitting in the car while it's raining, waiting yeah. to get back. That that's bro. I love that. I mean, that's brilliant. That's my favorite scene in the, that whole sequence. That's my favorite part of the movie. I thought I thought there's so many things that Daniel Kaluuya does in that movie that are amazing. I don't think there's anything wrong with his performance. I love the moment where he's he finally decides to look, and this is more of a visual thing. But if you've seen Nope, you know what I'm talking about. The the the, the moment where he finally decides to look up at the creature, and he knows he's not supposed to, and he kind of does like a kind of like licks his lips and kind of like shrugs and like looks up almost like a like come at me bro kind of thing yeah. like he's kind of prepped that's i mean he's great he's great in the movie it's also um, nice to see michael wincott getting work and uh can i get into spoilers for nope just briefly i think at this point it depends because it just came out on vod so you might yeah, want to i mean we'll we'll just say we're getting into spoilers and fast forward maybe two minutes if you don't want to hear spoilers yeah, this nope. is very brief i just want to get adam's opinion of something no. Um, <laughs> when the movie was over, Jan had an interesting thought. Yeah. Would you like the movie any more if at the end she doesn't get the picture? I, to be completely honest, at that point, I didn't care. Like, I, I just, anything could have happened and it would not, like, in the movie, if, if there's like a connecting thread between an audience member and a movie, it was severed about a half hour or more before that. For like me. in so, us. Like the, the film. Yeah. The film. The, I will say this though. I think, and I have to be just completely honest. If Nope is the most emblematic, emblematic movie of this kind for me this summer, where the reaction to it made me on the defensive a little bit where I wasn't liking it. And then everybody else was like really kind of heaping like a lot of praise on it and I kind of got, got grumpy and I think that you know as much as I say you know I'm happy everybody likes whatever I have felt this way over the past two movies with Jordan Peele where I just don't understand where people think that he's this master filmmaker and I think that definitely informed a lot of my take on Nope so I want to go into every movie with a clear head, but I do have, I did have a bit of a bias. This is so odd, Adam. I'm, I'm wondering if it's a West coast thing. Everything uh, I read about Nope before I saw it was yeah. negative. Okay. Everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So Rob, what do you think? Is it a different movie? Is it a better movie? If at the end, uh, the wishing well in the drawer doesn't work and she doesn't get the picture. I'm in, I'm, I'm slightly, 
I'm in Adam's camp in terms of at that point I was okay. out of it. But I also, but I also too don't think too that late. I don't think the themes are the problem. Like I don't think that that is an issue with the movie story wise, thematically. Like I don't think there's I, every every all the threads connect for me. Everything like all the stuff you were talking about about exploitation, about the entertainment industry, about Hollywood history, about the animals, about the nature of filmmaking. That it's this like Inception type thing that the monster is a camera and it's also this and it's and it's and and getting the picture um theme which is very interesting for me because i'm such a i i like i love ryan johnson because ryan johnson is a big messy filmmaker but he writes the theme which is something i typically love for some reason in this case i i feel like i understood what was going on there but i was just not entertained by the movie the movie mm -hmm. did not have the kind of propulsive narrative that kept me interested i didn't really understand what the 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 brother and sisters by the time we got like an hour 10 an hour 15 in the movie i wasn't 100 percent sure what they were really going for did they want the picture did they want to avenge their father were they looking for proof um to become famous like is that what was what was their motivation what were the thing they were really driving at and and i think the problem is is when i see something like nope right after i watch something like get out and again i'll just go back to that i can't get get out out of my head because i know and i said this in my review I know he's capable of more coherent storytelling and that's what I was looking for. And that wasn't what he was going for with Nope. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I think that there's a lot of, there's a strong argument to be made, made that two years from now, I'll be sitting at in the middle of the night and I can't sleep and I watch Nope. And I think it's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. There's, there's, that, I, that's going to happen. I fully admit that that might happen. But as of right now, in terms of what I saw just on one viewing, I was not interested in what he was interested in. Mm -hmm. I keep hoping somebody's... Oops, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I was going to throw this one thing out there. Like, I... As much as I want to say, like, you know, I'm going to give Nope another chance and everything like that, the thing that makes dissuades me from doing that a little bit is I watched Get Out and I got it right away. Like I liked it right away on a gut level, on an intellectual level, on an emotional level. I got it right away. Whereas with us or with Nope, it's like I kind of have to do like these mental gymnastics just to sort of justify like a mild recommendation. And it's like, is this really worth it? Like in most cases, granted, like there are movies where you see it a second time or a third time and it, it, it enhances its value to your to, to to you as a viewer, but I I just don't think that us or Nope is really that movie. Like I I feel like I don't need to put in the extra effort to kind of like crack it, so to speak. Whereas I'm like in the the other camp, which is I keep hoping somebody's going to give me the reading that blows my mind and makes yeah. me love it. But to this, and JB, maybe it'll be you, like on our end of the year show, you'll be like, well, here's what Nope is really about. And I'll be like, oh, now I love it. But so far, like what Rob was saying, like everything I read, everything I hear, I'm like, yeah, okay, I got that. And I'm still not in love with it. Like right. there's a ton of stuff I like in it, but it didn't totally come together for me. Uh, but there's still hope. There's another theme that I'm deliberately not talking about that I'll talk about at the end of the year. Okay. John, what was Adam, the other movie? The other, uh, the other film which Rob reviewed for the site was Emily the Criminal. Which I kind of figured that was going to be the other one. Which blew me away. And talk about she's either very shrewd or she's playing the game, do one for them, one for yourself. 
Hmm. Because um, Aubrey Plaza made all these sort of middling sex comedies, but she also made Ingrid Goes West, which mm-hmm. is a very interesting film. And what was the really odd one with the with the multiple stories? The Black Bear? Black, Black Bear last year, which I, I liked, yeah. Which, which I loved a lot. Yeah. And then we have, what is it, Dirty Grandpa and the to You didn't like list. Mike and Dave need wedding dates, John? No. They needed wedding whoa. dates. They needed whoa, wedding whoa, dates. Whoa, whoa, no. whoa. There are Dirty Grandpas out there, and they deserve to have their own film. <laughs> right, but they deserve What do you have against representation? Than- yeah, they deserve a better film than that film. Um, again, Rob reviewed it, and I think the director. This is his first film. I think so. Yeah, think from what I could see. Yep. Remarkably accomplished, and again, I because I got into spoilers on Nope. I will not get into spoilers about Emily the Criminal because everyone listening to the podcast should go see it. Emily the Criminal pulls off a very interesting trick that's not easy. Throughout at least half the film, we have an opinion of one of the main characters that's absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, Rob knows what I'm talking about. And films don't do that a lot lately. People are only one thing. Um, Obviously, I also like the uh, critique of capitalism that the film (laughs) touched within it. Um, It's a minor minor critique of capitalism. (laughs) I haven't even seen it, and I can laugh at that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's um, I saw it, really uh, tremendous during... in a lot of different ways. It works on several different levels. Yeah, Adam, you saw it too. Yeah, I saw it on Tuesday last week, and I thought it was like the best movie I saw all summer. I thought it was great. Um, it'll definitely be in my top ten. Um, I was enthralled when it was just Emily the caterer, and then the fact <laughs> that there was there was crime stuff going on. I which. I I love any time they show. We t- just talked about this on reserve seating with personal shopper. Um, anytime they go and take the the time to show you step by step a process of somebody's profession, or in this case, somebody's like criminal enterprise and everything like that. And the thing I liked about it was it wasn't so outlandish. It was like just small enough where you're like, this could be under the radar enough where like they could get away with it for a while and everything. And the escalation of it was really naturally progressing. And I just thought, I, I, I agree with you, John. Like I think Aubrey Plaza is a really kind of daring actor in a lot of ways, like, especially with the material she seeks out and the director she wants to work with. And um, it's almost like when I see her in a movie, it's just like a seal of approval that it's like, okay, this is one that's like, really trying to do something or trying to, you know, be a little different than what is out there. Um, just kind of, especially amongst the summer movies. So I, I, I dug it. I thought it was really great. There's a, what you said, I suspect that the crime, especially on that level that the film is showing, mm-hmm. I, I get the feeling that's what it really looks and sounds like. Yeah, and it's not movie crime. It's right. it's not a caper movie. It's we're going to go rip off Best Buy. And it's I mean, it's essentially kind of about the nature of work, you know, the nature of sort of modern work right now. And, and I was thinking since we're all here, we all love pig. Um, there's a scene late in person in personal shopper. Um, there's a scene now I'm thinking about personal shopper, Adam. Thank you. Um, so, as are we all, as are, we all. As are oh, all of the viewers who are, have run it up to like the third most watched 
reserved seating, which and Adam's, soon will be like the most watched reserved seating. And it's all Adam's because been texting there's a us picture. All there's like a picture of Kristen Stewart yeah. sort of unbuttoning a shirt, and they to- people are totally thinking they're gonna see some boobs and they're just gonna hear three guys talking about a movie. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to pronounce Aseus. Yeah, and yeah. Pulling up their pants seven minutes in and being like, when's this this what a <laughs> what a rip off? Yeah. Well, I'm already halfway. I might as well. Yeah. No, as well no, but there's a um there's a scene Damn Emily, search that... history. <laughs> I thought there's I'd a... find the goods on YouTube. I guess I'll have to watch the trailer for the goods starring Jeremy Piven. Saw that in the theater. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, go ahead. Yeah, you're good. There's a scene in Emily the Criminal, and I won't give context for folks who haven't seen the movie, but the scene where she confronts the potential female employer and she finds out that the job is not what she thought it would be. Yes. It reminds me of the scene in Pig with when Nicolas Cage sits down with his protege mm-hmm. and dresses him down and, and, and gives the theme of the film and sort of but like does it in a way that is so it's 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 like enraging, but it's also like there's a lot of enthusiasm by you're kind of cheering him on that scene with Emily sitting there talking to this person about like, again, I don't really want to spoil the context for the movie, but essentially that it's an internship and not a job. And we get all the way through this process and, and she's supposed to be over the moon about this opportunity for an unpaid internship when she's trying to pay the bills. And I think that is so much of what the movie's trying to say, obviously about the sort of nature of, old economy jobs versus newer economy jobs versus the nature of unpaid intern- internships that they sort of disproportionately cater to, you know, people who have income or let's say that people have wealth, inherited wealth, maybe they don't need to work so they can afford to do those kind of internships and things like that. Just that that economy, that model doesn't serve people in their 20s, mid 20s to mid 30s anymore. It just doesn't and, exist. It's not that possible. Scene, that scene has one of my favorite lines in the movie. Um, when the prospective employer tells her to stop talking. Yeah. And she says, you don't get to tell me what to do. You're not right. paying me. And or the or the uh, when she says, I think I said this in my review, I wrote it down. She says uh, the, the the potential employer says to her like, oh, you know, you're a little bit spoiled. No, oh, God. I, and yeah. I feel like you're a little bit spoiled. And, and the I was entire, just... the entire film is the argument against exactly. that statement. The entire exactly. Film is the counterpoint to that. Exactly. And that's what effective employer is a cameo from an actress we all love. And that's so much to me, like when talking about like Nope and talking about theme and like when you have, when you have a narrative like that and you have a character like that, that's like gravy to me. Like that's the kind of stuff that gets me hard. Cause I'm like, this is amazing. Like I love the way this movie has. I thought lined this up. Got you hard. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I couldn't resist the 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 movie like sets up the pins and knocks them all down you know what i mean and that's something that for me never happens in note but happens over and over again in emily the criminal where she's just throwing strikes like you know what i mean both baseball and bowling strikes everyone needs to see emily the criminal it's great speaking of movies that got everyone hard am i the only one who watched lightyear (laughs) no i saw lightyear oh that's right rob saw it yeah i saw it Yeah. yeah Talk about a movie angry. that has no reason to exist. <laughs> I can tell I that from the trailers. Although yeah, I heard like, they're now going to retheme Space Mountain to Lightyear, which to me there's your reason to exist. Like a no, well, it seems Seriously? like a crime or a sin. Space Mountain is 
fine the way it is. Do you know how I know Space Mountain is fine? Because that new Guardians of the Galaxy movie is a high-tech Space Mountain. It no. must be good. You're copying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the thing I find amusing most about Lightyear is that they throw down the baton at the very beginning where there's a, a, te- a screen of text that says, um, in 1995, Andy asked for a very special toy for Christmas. This is the movie that inspired that toy because it was like Andy's favorite movie of 95. And they shot themselves in the foot because the moment I realized like 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, this movie just doesn't work at all. And the the rest of the movie, I'm thinking about other movies from 1995 that Andy probably didn't see because <laughs> this there's no way this could have been his favorite movie of 95. Unless the only other thing he saw was like, shit, I don't know, like fair game. It's like if he saw Lightyear and Fair Game, I get it. But like he probably saw more stuff. What if what if Andy's favorite movie of 1995 was Heat and he brought home a little Vincent Hanna doll? And Better that's movie. What, and that's what he, that's what Toy Story is about. When and then pull, he put his head all the way oh, up in it. When you when you pull the strings, he's got a great ass. <laughs> and that's what the movie's about. You know, uh, Adam, I read that the weekend that Lightyear opened, they actually had walkouts. Because people thought it was a movie about the toy. You know, the buzz that all of us know and love. Somebody poison the water hole. (laughs) Instead of Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear, if it was Pacino, he would just be like, watch like some people fixing the ship. And he's just like, this crew is good. (laughs) Um, I just read Heat 2, by the way. It's good. Oh, yeah. I need to read Heat, too. I wish it had a different title. It's the worst title ever. <laughs> I don't know. Heat 2? Yeah, let's go with it, Mike. Well, then it's um, confusing because on the cover it says it says Heat 2, and then it says 1988 and 2000 because it's a pre- it's one of those prequel sequels. Like right. Part of the book takes place before Heat, and part of it takes place after Heat. No. Um, yeah. It's okay. They're going to have a, they're gonna have a tie-in. They're going to make a series of TV dinners to tie into that book and they're called heat to 400 degree. Um, I want to go back real quick and say two things about Aubrey Plaza. I haven't seen Emily, the criminal, but here are my two contributions about Aubrey Plaza. One, I love the resume she's building. I love that it was announced. I think this week that she's going to be in the Francis Ford Coppola Mm -hmm. megalopolis. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 Something like that. You're close enough. I love that. She just gives no fucks. Two, she's in an indie that's streaming right now. It's the latest movie from Jeff Baina. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Yes. It's called Spin Me Round. Yeah. That is worth seeing. That's her husband. They're married. Right. Um, He wrote it with Alison Brie, I think, so that Alison Brie could get a paid vacation to Italy, which is very smart. Um, It's got got a really good cast. I like all the performances. It's a messy movie, but it's charming and it's part of my new favorite subgenre, which is movies where the female protagonist should end up with Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. That's a growing list. It is. And trust me, if you see spin me around, you're like, no, they have the most chemistry in this movie. They should end up together. I just remembered another Aubrey Plaza movie. Not everyone likes it. I liked it a lot, but I didn't like it enough to remember the title which has the word little in it. 
and it's about the littlest hours. Little it's hours, about very hours. naughty nuns. The nuns, yeah. Little hours. Little hours little was hours. the Denzel Washington thing. And it's it's very funny because I was raised a Catholic, and Harrison has a hilarious cameo in it, and um, the little hours, yep. Uh, Kate McCucci's in it, and Aubrey Plaza's in it, and Allison Brie is in it, and um, um, Mr. Cellophane's in it, and um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. It's a lot of fun, and if you haven't seen it, it's streaming everywhere. I'm guessing that's for free. that's Jeff Baina also, and you should check it out because the it's 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 a fun hour and a half, and it's very dirty. What the, Patrick? What did I text you about Aubrey Plaza? It was like Aubrey Plaza. Kristen Stewart and um, what's her face from what? the Night House? That you were going to get an internship. Oh, Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall. Yeah, yeah. That all Hold three on. of them are these different flavors of a similar. She's the like... third corner of the Stewart Hall frazzled featherweight triangle. Thank you. There you go. Wow. The frazzled featherweight triangle. Speaking of, uh, we're going all out of order, but if we're talking mm-hmm. about the best shit that came out this summer. Uh, another movie that Rob reviewed, Rebecca Hall is in called Resurrection. Oh yeah, that everybody should see because Rebecca Hall is incredible. It's one of the most disturbing movies of the year, but it's outstanding. Have you uh, thought about the ending at all, Patrick? We won't reveal the ending. I mean, but... I've thought about it, but I haven't come to any conclusions about. Did anybody it. else see that one yet? Not yet. Okay. No. It's Resurrection good. It's is not light viewing. No, it's <laughs> so... not light viewing at all. It's it's very much about trauma it's very much about the way that people hold on to it and um tim roth is amazing as sort of the counterpoint to the rebecca hall character uh, i love that one too i saw a bunch of stuff i really liked rapid fire and then i saw a bunch of shit <laughs> well it seems like the best stuff that i've seen is stuff that i've streamed at home like yeah. on voodoo or whatever like not netflix or uh, prey was on hulu and prey was good but like Shit, I've rented the stuff in theaters. And that was, oh, sorry, I just hit my mic because I have to do it even when we're on Zoom. Um, <laughs> the stuff in theaters was was the reason why I wasn't sure we could do this show because I feel like only six movies came out and five of them were trash. That's yeah. the way it feels. Yeah, and I also, I think because of that, I've gotten out of the habit of watching new releases because I would go... You know, if this happened, you know, obviously theaters were closed during the main part, like, like from 2020 to 2021 for a long time. But, um, you know, I would go several weeks in between seeing, you know, Jurassic World Dominion and then going to see like Thor or something like that. And it's like, in the meantime, I'm not like trying to, you know, watch streaming stuff. I just got out of the habit of going to the movies and watching new stuff. And then finding comfort and going backward and watching older things. So I feel like I'm glad to hear, you know, about spin me round and resurrection and everything like that, because I'm sort of more reliant than ever on Rob really like kind of, you know, taste testing everything and being like, (laughs) this one's not spoiled. I'm telling you guys, I see everything and there's nothing out. How, How interesting that the two movies that Adam just used as example um, are my two movies that I don't think are really movies. Um, yeah. And then like with Jurassic World Dominion, they're extending the carrot where it's like, no, the extended version's oh, the good the, one. Like the, we didn't release in theaters the one that was worth your time. That's the masterpiece. Uh, one of the reasons why I chose the place I'm now living is that there's a movie theater across the street. 
Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful introduction to the movie theater that I will now be spending a lot of my time at, that the first movie I went to see there was Thor, Love and Thunder, which I'm still scratching my head. It's like the movie equivalent of scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's like five different movies from, Patrick used to say, you can see the different color script pages. It's just, it's just this loose ad lib mess it's just this is all it takes to be a marvel movie now that taika watiti needs to get over taika watiti (laughs) every 20 minutes we're reminded that oh there's these kids that have to get somewhere but oh jesus christ and i'm not the only one to point this out the special effects are like did did they hire some high school kid on his laptop yeah, and they gave him one week to do it. <laughs> That's actually literally what happened. Yeah, I I thought with Thor, um, I so I that was the one movie I walked. Well, I walked out of Jurassic World Dominion, but then I had to go back because my dad wanted to see it. But um, <laughs> I walked out of Thor: Love and Thunder, and I didn't think of this at the time. But then, as I was I was listening to a, a Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood focused podcast. I was like, Thor was kind of the bordello of blood of Marvel movies, where it's like, you you have to take it a little seriously, like, for us to invest in a story. It can't just be, like, you punching down at your own story the whole time. Like, it doesn't work. That, that, that can't work, because otherwise it just seems bratty very quickly, and then you lose most people, including me. And I, I thought that was kind of its biggest crime, where... You know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I wasn't like a huge fan of that, but like I respect the fact that they played the material straight, even though they had jokes along the way. Thor seems to be trying to get by on the fumes of goodwill that people have towards Helmsworth. Uh, it's just it's just a lot of it inexplicable. It, it's it's not even good enough to be like straight to video. I think Marvel went through a, a phase there where they were there they were there there was an intermediate it was like there was an emergency or something there was some sort of thing happening where they they got lost in the shuffle and a couple of the things that are coming out now we see this cycle with all the TV shows and we see that they maybe were stretching themselves a little bit too thin um and maybe uh maybe they felt like ah you know like the James Gunn thing where it's just like ah just let Taika do whatever and just let him do his thing people will love the Taika of it all um, and overwhelmingly, people people do seem to, but yeah, he needs to be reined in a little bit. And Jurassic World Dominion exists because someone had the bright idea. Oh well, what if we combine the old cast with the new cast? And the answer to that is, oh, then they all run around. Yeah, <laughs> but it's they can run around together. Yeah. You know, this is one place to the next. That works when you have Harrison Ford in your cast. It doesn't work a lot of the other times. <laughs> And just like the Helmsworth point, it seems that that whole movie was skating by on the affection we have for the original three cast members. Mm -hmm. This is by no means my original thought, but I just don't understand. Like, I wish I were in, or maybe there's a special feature where they do the pre-production meetings, but whose idea was it to just completely negate the premise that they left the last movie off with like whose whose idea was that like that doesn't where you know it's very clear like where the last movie is going where like where where the next movie should be going based on where they ended it but then 
somebody was just like it it was like when you hear the stories about john peters wanting like a robot in wild wild west or whatever or Giant superman spider. yeah the huge the, the huge spider that was that was like whoever thought of the locust thing Man. in jurassic world dominion it's like we have to have locusts in this movie and have it be making up a third of the runtime the only thing I liked in that movie was there was a point where Jeff Goldblum looks at Chris Pratt and goes, you made a promise to a dinosaur? Mm-hmm. Other than that, there wasn't much. I liked that Bryce Dallas Howard was in it. Uh, yeah, she was in it. That is something we can say. She yeah. was in it. <laughs> and she had a scene with Laura Dern so she that they it. could say the movie passes the Bechdel test. Yeah. So, Did anybody um, else see Men? Yeah, no, not yet. Okay, no, not yet. I remember being disappointed because when I went into the theater, it was raining. And then when I walked out, it wasn't raining. And I had this joke in my head where I'm like, I'll hold up a ticket stub with rain in the background and just write, it's raining men. And I didn't get that opportunity. So I don't know why I'm saying it right now. So it's a thumbs down for you. I, I think men also suffered from my expectations of it a little bit because Annihilation was like my second favorite movie of the year, the year it came out. And I thought that Men was two-thirds of a good movie. And then the last act just really didn't work for me. Um, And I don't know. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been too surprised by that because Alex Garland, at least as a writer, has had a track record of having wonky third acts. So, Mm -hmm. like, this wouldn't be the first time he did it either. Kind of for me, another situation like Jordan Peele, where like I like Patrick and I did a show on Ex Machina. Like I love, Ex- and I, I know that's not his first script, but I'm just saying in terms of his films, um, that one is like tight as a drum as well, and it's so great. And then Men is I, I like Men more than I like Nope, but but it was definitely another, as Adam said, a case of like it starts to it weeble wobbles and then it kind of falls over at the end. Um, very very strange, just just strange ending. Like speaking of like resurrection and movies that have really odd provocative third acts um men was men was a strange one i doubled that with crimes of the future one night um that was a weird night yeah i just watched crimes of the future the other night and i was i thought it had so many interesting ideas Mm -hmm. and no way to visualize those ideas yeah it's the dogma problem it is it's Mm -hmm. because cronenberg doesn't have the budget to do it anymore so he just has the characters talk about cronenbergian concepts instead of actually showing you know stomach or he has or he has that one the most he can muster is that one scene with the ear guy where all the ears right right where it's like okay like boutique surgery that makes sense or vigo's chair and it was like those two (laughs) things were like the only that's where the budget went yeah you couldn't really uh, do much more than that. It's a shame. I, I, I don't. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought. No, I, liked... I didn't either. It just made me miss old Cronenberg movies. Yeah, and I like yeah. Case Two and that. Speaking of Case Two, um, yeah, he's not in it much. He's definitely but... the highlight of that movie. Yeah. Really yeah. I um, I had one of my favorite theater moments of the year when I saw Crimes of the Future because I was at um, uh, Barrington and like we, it was me and like one other guy because I was seeing it at like ten in the morning on like a Saturday, and this guy like gets up like halfway through the movie and then kind of turns around and looks at me and just goes and and (laughs) leaves. And then 10 minutes later comes back in and just sits down and watches the rest of the movie. And I'm just like, I guess you got over that. He (laughs) got in the lobby. He talked himself out of it. Yeah. (laughs) I liked it better than I've liked the last few Cronenbergs. 
Um, what were some of the last few? Maps to the Stars and yeah, Cosmopolis yeah. and. I like a dangerous method, but nobody else seems to. It's okay. Oh, no, yeah. I, I like dangerous method. I like yeah. it a lot. I like any movie that spanks Kira Knightley. <laughs> and I thought there were some interesting things in Maps of the Stars too, but that's uh, I, I think that suffers from the same problem that you're talking about with Crimes of the Future that the budget didn't give him anything except these actors right. who wanted to work with him. Leave a right. comment if you know of other movies that spank Kira Knightley. <laughs> and not as a metaphor. We were talking no. about real spanking. Yeah. Uh, Patrick was lucky enough to see the IMAX screening of E.T., which I searched in vain for here because I guess around me, the IMAX screens are too expensive real estate to be showing E.T. So there were theaters that were showing E.T., but not on the IMAX screen. And I bring this up because, A, uh, in just a few weeks, they're going to be showing Jaws in IMAX, which sounds worth going to. And mm -hmm. if you're listening to me, next Sunday at Century Theaters nationwide, they are showing The Blob, the original Blob, oh. at mm -hmm. 7 o'clock at night, and it's only $8. And I bring this up because I think I've been to this movie theater that's now my new movie theater four or five times and they have a poster for the blob in the lobby and it gets me very excited to see steve mcqueen and such and um every time i ask an employee about it they have no idea what's going on which is odd because here's something i've noticed about the movie theaters out here the employees actually um seem to enjoy working there and like they're all friends with each other Wow, well, that's nice. They should make no, a movie about that. It's like, yeah, it's like they, this isn't something you settled on. You like working at this movie theater, and it's and it's nice. So I know where I'm going to be a week from tonight. I wonder if the E.T. IMAX run was just at AMC theaters. It might have been, but there are AMCs around here. They're just not as close as the the two big chains closest to me are Century and Regal. Okay. I saw E.T. in theaters, but I did not see the IMAX run because it was only running in IMAX for like a week. But yeah. then they had E.T. for two weeks in regular theaters. So that's how I saw it. But I sat very close and it felt IMAX-ish enough to me. Patrick, had the kids seen E.T. before? Yeah, the Tivoli showed it maybe last summer or something, and we had taken them then. So they had actually seen it theatrically before, but not in IMAX. If we're counting just literally anything we saw in a theater, then E.T. is definitely the best movie of the summer. And and the, the kids like it? Yes, but not as much as they should. Oh, okay. They don't understand why we're so sad at the end. Rosie said, it's not like it's real. Oh, God, I I still remember going to see that the weekend it opened and just the end of that movie, just ripping your fucking heart out. If if if, you know, I won't say the line. Um, another highlight of the summer, which I Bullet bring train. up because uh, Patrick and I were talking about this because um, you had a you had a tweet about it is um, more and more 4K releases on physical media. And a whole bunch of stuff that came out this summer was extraordinary. Just a couple titles. Um, Steven Soderbergh's Out of Sight, Stanley Kubrick's The Killing, 
De Palma's The Untouchables, Michael Mann's Heat, speaking of Heat, which I just saw. And Patrick had streamed it from Voodoo and it didn't look right. So I got my 4K Blu-ray in the mail and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, did they screw it up? And I watched it and it was one of the best 4K transfers I've ever seen. So I think that had something to do with streaming. Uh, Tenebrae, 1776 and Double Indemnity. Keep giving me those sweet, sweet 4K releases. Cat People is coming out in a couple of weeks. Nice. I'll upgrade one day. I'm not there yet. It's uh, apparently you have to get the right cable hmm. because the four cable to <laughs> to get cable in my bedroom. I had to buy an Apple TV 4K. Hmm. So I'm setting it up. And I told Patrick this story before. And at one point, the hockey puck, courtesy of the TV screen, asks me, would you like me to check the cable, sir, to make sure that these cables can handle HDR and Dolby Vision? Okay, why don't you do that? You check them. (laughs) And I guess the hockey puck itself has the capability of telling you whether you bought the right cables. But um, now that I have it set up, it's... I didn't think a transfer could look better than the Blu-ray of Heat, but good Lord. And I feel bad because Patrick streamed it and he said the opening robbery looked like it was filmed day for night. So that, yeah. that's not right. No. We would probably be remiss if we didn't mention Top Gun Maverick because it was it's the, big the movie, movie of the summer, summer and yeah. the movie of the year. Yeah. And with every day that passes, it feels better and better to me, even though I know in my bones it's a three-star movie. (laughs) Like, I really like it, but I just know that, like, we deserve to have... Like, Top Gun Maverick should be, like, the 10th best movie of the summer, let alone, like, maybe the second or third. I think that's that's where a lot of the pushback is coming like yeah. where it's kind of like yeah yeah it's fine it's fine that's great like but we shouldn't be freaking out about a stand up double like let's do you know let's <laughs> let's have something you know more that that tells us more about the state of movies than anything else i, I do realize... i do appreciate that um you know it's a rare legacy sequel that i think argues for its own existence because the photography of the of the action sequences and the flights um you know they couldn't do what they could do in yeah. 1986, what they can do now. So I think that all, all the action sequences with the dog fights and the mission were pretty impressive. And um, I don't know. I mean, like it's, it's, it's very heavy handed, but I do appreciate the kind of underlying message of the movie about, you know, there's still value in movie stars. Like it's not time yeah, it's for a movie like that's arguing for Tom Cruise. Yeah. It, it for arguing for, you know, competent movie movies, yeah. like arguing for movies that justify the theatrical experience. Um, so I'm, I'm on board with all of it. And I, I feel better about supporting a movie like Top Gun Maverick than maybe I can't think of another example, but another movie that maybe is like, you've seen movies where like they're fawning over like the, the magic of movies and the theatrical experience. And it feels like such a put on. Yeah. Um, whereas with Top Gun, I, I get it. I get why theaters are important just on the evidence of this one movie. 
I think in terms of just like general movie going public, like I'm seeing this with, and I don't know if anybody else has seen this one, but I'm seeing this with Orphan First Kill in the horror community, where mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in the horror community are just so, so eager to have something new <laughs> that's kind of good. <laughs> I saw Orphan First Kill. Okay. It does kind of rule. Okay. <laughs> it is. All right. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, okay. But I, I Lost it's on also, me. the reaction is also very hyperbolic. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I can like it and still be like, let's all chill out. I was just like, this is cool kind of, but there's a cool spin in the middle and doesn't really pay that off. I don't know. Maybe I, I need to watch it again. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. I signed up for Paramount Plus to watch it, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay. And then I also rented, um, John, I was curious if you watched this because I know you're a big fan. Um, did you watch the new Patton Oswalt movie? I love your dad. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, yeah, I rented that, but I haven't watched it yet. All I've heard is raves. And yeah, clearly all all three of you have seen Big Fan, right? Yeah, Big Fan's awesome. That's an amazing film. I, I actually saw that in a theater. I did too. I, did you go to the screening where it was like Pat Oswald and Robert Smigel at the Music Box? Did I saw it at the Music Box, but not a night that Patton was there. Oh, okay. Damn it. Um, Adam, when you were talking about Nope, I was relating a little bit to, uh, my own experience with Top Gun Maverick. Like it's not making me grumpy the, the amount of love that it's getting, but I do feel a little bit like an asshole because it, it means so much to a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's just like, I, it didn't totally work for me. And, and part of that is I don't love Top Gun, so I don't carry that into the I think movie I like with me. The, the, the funny that, thing is, like, but, yeah, people, like, were really loving Top Gun Maverick, but then, like, in the days leading up to Top Gun Maverick, the temperature on film Twitter, so to speak, was, like, Top Gun sucks. And I was surprised by that because I'm a big fan of Top Gun, Um But my kind of, you know, impression of Top Gun Maverick is it's like, it's good, but all right, here's the thing. So Top Gun, I feel like, is a swinging dick movie. And Top Gun Maverick feels like a Ernest Balls movie where I'm just like, yeah, it's like, oh, our heart's in the right place and stuff like that. I'm like, I want more swinging dick in my in my Top Gun movie. So I don't know. Adam, I think we follow very different people on Twitter because... (laughs) I read nothing on Twitter about yeah. the original Top Gun that was negative. And okay. the reaction that I was reading on Twitter when Maverick came out was that it was a religious experience. Yeah. People yeah. were yeah. falling all over themselves to talk about just how great that movie made them feel. Yeah. I, I've successfully worked it out where half of my Twitter feed is just like gifts of dogs doing cool shit. So I'm like, <laughs> all right. I'm like, I've worked this out. I'm good. You know, what's really funny is I went when I when I when Patrick asked me to be on this, I went back and listened to last year's summer show just to kind of brush up on, you know, the vibe of what kind of show it would be. And Mm. most of it is Adam talking about how excited he is for Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) (laughs) Weirdly, I like the. Oh, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm just throwing it out there. Oh, and Jennifer okay. Connelly, so poised. Sorry, oh, go ahead. Connelly, no, poised. yes. Patrick That's, She's the best part. Um, I, I, I weirdly, I like the earnestness of Top Gun Maverick. That's one of the things I like about it. And for me, it's like if you could fix – it's like five easy fixes, mm-hmm. and I would be all in on that movie. Yeah. 
What are the five? I mean, I don't have them at the ready. Uh, fewer callbacks would be a big one for me. Yeah. Um, Miles Teller's mustache. Kind of Miles Teller's, like, does he really have to be playing Great Balls of Fire? He doesn't even know that, he doesn't no. remember his dad playing that. Um, and then there's some stuff, I don't want to spoil the last act. but third it, act, yeah. It it gets real weird buddy cop jokey all of a sudden. And oh, I'm like, what? why is this, this for a movie that's been very sincere the whole movie? It becomes yeah. very arch in the third act, and it's, I don't like that. One of the things that kind of put me off a little bit was, I understand why you don't bring back Charlie from the original because it's like I'm I never watch Top Gun and think like this is a relationship that will last <laughs> they're gonna time. make it so like I, I I'm fine with that I thought it was a little lame that like they didn't give like a courtesy cameo to Meg Ryan and like they explained that her character like died in the interim and it's, that was lame but and this is a spoiler for Top Gun Maverick a lot of people have seen it so I hope I'm not but skip ahead maybe a minute if, all right Based on what we know about the actor Val Kilmer and all of his health problems and everything like that, I nobody's talked about this that I've heard. I thought it was an incredibly poor taste to kill his character off rather than just like be like, okay, they're reunited, he's sick, it's this nice moment, but like they had to go the extra mile to be like, yeah, and he's sick, so he should die. I think in the sense of the plot function of Maverick having no one to save his ass anymore, but I totally, I can definitely see your I point. guess I see what you're saying. I just thought that it was kind of odd. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not in poor taste to use that as a plot function. I just wonder, like, if I'm Val Kilmer, how do I feel about that? Right. Yeah. So. They wanted a funeral shot for the trailer. <laughs> That's what they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't have gotten that guy who just blacked out when he was doing, like, the, you know... The thing, when yeah. The movie, the movie goes out of its way to do that, where it tricks you out, where it makes you think that the kid's gonna crash, and then, it, then, and then he doesn't, and then the bird strike happens, and then you think the the, the female pilot's gonna crash. It's just this whole, all these like series of fakeouts. Yeah. Um, to get to the. the I was. Um, I've never been a fan of the original film, so I skipped Maverick. But when I found out Val Kilmer was in it, I was sort of hoping beyond hope they would take a page from the recent documentary and have Kilmer play Iceman exactly the way he was and have Kilmer's son post dub his dialogue so mm -hmm. he can talk. Um, that would be something. Somebody does do his dialogue in the, I'm not sure who does it in Maverick, but. Oh, so they, I thought they, it was just an AI voice or something. Yeah, maybe, so. maybe it was that. Yeah. Alexa, tell Maverick to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like me to check your cables to see? <laughs> um, the echo on my desk just responded to you calling her out. You're very welcome. There's there's no response, but it did change color. <laughs> um, anybody well, else oh, have blushing. like it's blushing highlights or lowlights they want to call out? I was just going to ask, like, did anybody see bodies, bodies, bodies? Okay. I raised my hand. I'm sorry. I liked no, it. Okay. I, I agreed with I your review. Um, and it, yeah. I liked it for reasons beyond just the Rachel Senate of it all. Although that didn't hurt. Was uh, awesome. I was yes. happy to see her in another movie, kind of stealing every scene she's in. But I thought it was a, a fun kind of whodunit. I wished that there had been more scenes. I won't spoil anything. There's an argument, a three-way argument near the end of the film where a lot of the thesis kind of comes out. And I was like, oh, the movie probably could have used some more of that. 
to to kind of let you know that it knew what it was doing in that yeah. regard, as yeah. opposed to being something obnoxious. Yeah, right. I, that's that's where the movie came together for me, where I was like, oh, they know what they're doing. They know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Know and exactly and honestly, had they done more of it, it probably would have yeah. been insufferably heavy handed. So maybe it's good that they held off until that moment. Um, I just always fun just working with teenagers. I was just like, oh, this is this sounds like <laughs> I'm very yeah. familiar with this this. Entering that age where I'm, I'm, I'm now a full generation older than full grown adults. So like, there's an entire, like, there's an entire, you know, I'm 35. So there's an entire generation below me now, but they're also adults. So they have an entire other culture that they're nostalgic for or whatever. So I'm sort of like that, that movie to me was like, I saw, I went and saw that at a press screening. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I've aged. I've, I've gotten, I'm, I'm beyond this. This is for an audience that's, but it's also commenting on that audience and commenting on that, um, that sort of phenomenon of types of narratives and the way that we kind of, the way that characters are, are expected to be treated in certain ways. But I love that cast. I thought that was a lot, that movie was a lot of fun. So I want to say that the thesis for the summer is like, Smaller movies are working, but blockbusters are broken. But Top Gun Maverick kind of argues against that. I would and say I, I was the... oh, sorry, sorry Adam. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I liked Elvis a lot, and that was a big hit over the summer aimed That's at right. adults. Jay I Bones, mean, did you see Elvis? Not yet. Okay. Yeah i I just liked it from a kind of spectacle aspect, and I think it's one of those movies there where a lead performance carries it a long way. And I thought Austin Butler was really charismatic in the part. And I give him props for doing his own singing and a lot of the dancing and everything like that. And then um, I thought I, I've heard in interviews, Tom Hanks say, I think this is after he did road to perdition where he said that he doesn't think that he works as a villain because he's too nice, like on screen and off screen, like it just isn't believable. But I think that if, you're going to do Tom Hanks's villain the way that they did it in Elvis is really smart where it's the facade is ingratiating, but underneath it, it's duplicitous. And I think that's exactly how a successful Tom Hanks villain part should go. And I, I thought it worked this time. I knew nothing about the Colonel. I didn't even realize he spoke with an accent. Like I knew nothing about the character. So Tom Hanks's characterization of him is this weird cartoon grotesque like bizarre thing um that didn't bother me in the movie and i eventually came around on the austin butler performance because for a while i was like well this is just kind of an impression Mm -hmm. but by the end it becomes sort of a full-blown performance or characterization and i i liked him in the movie yeah, I, th- I think that there were a couple of scenes that really kind of put it over the top for me in terms of liking it. One was I thought that the the sequence of him singing the the protest song at the 68 comeback special, like it's there to kind of stir your emotions. And I thought they really did that. And then I thought that his the extended concert scene at the during his residency at the beginning and then kind of like them showing how sour that whole thing got after a while because he was trapped in like this servitude. Um, I thought that just kind of the disparity of like how energized the initial concerts are and then just kind of how phoned in and tragic the later ones are was really well done. My parents uh, used to go to Vegas once a year with my aunt and uncle. It was Mm -hmm. the thing they always look forward to. And um 
they actually saw one of those shows yeah and said it was just the worst show they ever saw in vegas that, really that he didn't give a shit that obviously my father thought he was drunk because back then no one really knew yeah. what the extent of his chemical dependency was and they just said it was him goofing off for an hour and yeah. they wanted to hear him sing songs um i'm a big elvis fan but it takes several weeks for people to drag me to a Baz Luhrmann film. <laughs> it's on VOD now. Yeah. I'm sorry, say Romeo that again. Juliet forever. It's on VOD said... now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh. It's going to be on HBO Max on September 2nd, John. Because part and parcel of the new domicile is I have a new TV, which I'm enjoying very much because it's big. Mm. Heads up, though, HBO Max is for boys, Discovery Plus is for girls. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I re-upped HBO Max rather than subscribing to it on the cable. And mm -hmm. I think the day after I paid for a year in advance to get the discount, they announced they, they made their announcement. It. So now it's like I'm it's a race to see if I'm gonna get full value for my <laughs> money. I just imagine that the boardroom at HBO Max is like the little rascals and they're just like <laughs> they have a sign that says no girls allowed. It's the He-Man Women Haters. I will just say, Patrick, you were talking a little bit about smaller movies, and yeah. um, I did see a couple smaller movies right in a row. We didn't, we didn't really talk about Prey. I don't think Prey really needs any more adulation because everybody loves it, and I loved it, so I'm, I'm all about it. Um, I did see... I, did, did anybody else see Fall? <laughs> Fall oh. is really fun Lionsgate trash. Um, I really I really enjoyed it. It's just two girls trapped on a tower for 88 minutes um, and they have to do all kinds of inventive things to get down. And it uh, got including... all this press. It got all this press when it came out because the distributor, the producer, the with the company decided to change the rating. They involved some CGI to yeah yeah the they went back and, in and, and changed some of the dialogue and that was um, that was a, a nutty 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 thing um you don't notice it in the movie um but uh i i really enjoyed that just because i love movies that are kind of small simple you know just two characters one location um it's got my my maybe my top one of my top three favorite movies moments this year uh, patrick i was thinking of your list uh when when your 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 sort of end of the year movie moments list um and uh, i won't tell i won't say what that is now but uh, there's a great sort of audacious insane moment in that movie that i really loved um and then i, I did see... see it because in 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 concept it reminded me of the movie frozen not the disney one not the disney one the, the other one, one on the ski lift it's just a really good like it's a movie that like knows what it is and it's got it's got very simple concept and it's silly it reminds me a lot of like something like the shallows like where it's just kind of here's this one character here's this obstacle they need i to love the out. shallows they i love the figure... shallows and i love uh crawl crawl yeah um it's not it, it's not as i mean the shallows is better but but it's uh kind of um Sorry, Adam, should I respond to that? <laughs> I just wrote, it doesn't feel like a summer movie to me. Maybe more of a fall movie. Maybe more of a fall movie, yeah. I was, I was like, I feel like Adam should say this out loud, but I just going to get a message. Uh, the, I wanted uh, to give you space. Yeah, no, no, it's um, all good. What, what like was the one. other smaller movie? Then the were... other smaller movie I went last week or the week before, whatever it was, and it's all Beast, um, the other Idris Elba movie that no one is seeing. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, there's uh, two of them. 
yeah, I gotta there's, see, there's... I gotta say, I think the line has been drawn every time I've gone to the movies since I moved. I've seen the trailer for that. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I don't think I can go see that movie. You should. Right. The trailer makes me very nervous and makes me sit there and think, I don't want to sit through two hours of this. It just, and I love horror movies, but I don't know what it is. It just, the whole thing seems like an exercise in, in being nerve wracking and I'm just not in the mood. It is. I mean, it's very much, thankfully it's only about 90 minutes, but it, but it's, it's just Idris, <laughs> Idris, Idris Elba runs from a, from a tiger or a lion. It's just, it just, it hunts him and hunts his friends. There's, there's a plot where he and his daughters get lost in a safari and he has to save them. Um, it's not great, but it's, um, it's got a, an, a series of fake oneers. You know, the way we've started to sort of digitally stitch together one shots um, yeah. with, with, with that are really well, well done. Like, well, and it's not like a Scorsese thing where they're just following the guy down a hallway. There's lots of like blocking changes and perspective, like, you know, the camera will pan over here and the characters will walk over here and they'll do something over here. And then the camera will pan and then, you know, they'll go this way. And then there'll be different blocking. One character will be in the foreground. One will be in the background and something happens over here. And you realize at the end of the sequence, like, Oh, that was all one shot. You know, you can, one of those that kind of sneaks up on you. Most of them probably aren't real, but um, as a smaller movie, I thought that was something kind of just the direction of it was kind of worth talking about 3000 years of longing. I really didn't like that much. And, and that feels like, the meet the sort of lukewarm reception overall for that movie. Some people, I think it's really caused some people to double down on it. I've seen a lot of, yeah. you always see that when like a big expected movie is like, you know, it's George Miller's new movie. And it's like, yeah, yeah I think people are so excited for there to be a new George Miller that they want to love it. And maybe they really do love it or maybe yeah. they're just very, or maybe it's just George like, Miller. well, somebody needs to stand up for this and it's, I right. didn't love it. I mean, it's got a lot of things in it that I like, but I overall, I did not, I did not like it uh, a ton. Um, I, I have two movies that I lump into the category of, I liked looking at them, but I didn't like what was happening in them. And that would be the Bob's Burgers movie and Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, the movie where I'm just like, visually, these are great. But like, I just, like, I thought that Bob's Burgers was kind of inert and like, it has like one good song yet is a musical and, um, (laughs) like Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers was like, I don't know. I there's not a, really a reason I think to have snarky Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Like we don't need it to be Roger Rabbit meets like you know, you know network so to speak. But like <laughs> like I, the Disney Afternoon was pretty sincere. So I don't know. Like I don't think that the people who are nostalgic for it need to have it be like the Taika Waititi route where we right, need to right you know poke holes at it and stuff. I watched it. My my new rule now is I don't text Adam that I like something while I'm watching it because invariably after I text him, the movie will take a turn. <laughs> and that was my experience. This. this is interesting. That was my experience with Chip and Dale where I like put it on and I was like 40 minutes into it or 30 minutes. I was like, this is not bad. This is okay. We text Adam and I texted Adam like, this is pretty good. And then it just like, <laughs> like oh, we're going right. to call that phenomenon the risky moment. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to try not to have, try to have the risky moment. I have a question for you guys because, like, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was the movie that kicked off the summer six years ago. Six, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> I, that, that's kind of what I was getting that's at. It, like, summers just seem like kind of this like blob now, like where 
I don't know if it's just because everything ends up on streaming like within eight weeks or whatnot, but like it, that movie feels like such a long time ago. And I don't know. It was weird for me because the entire time I was watching it, I was slightly depressed because it's like, I love to have Sam Raimi back directing a movie but it's like the meme from the matrix where the girl is about to be unplugged. And she's like, not like this. Not like this. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt with Dr. Strange or even Oz the great and powerful where it's just like, I don't want to be like thankful for Raimi scraps. Like I want him right. to make his movie. Is and not have to like cater and not have to like kowtow to Marvel and to Hollywood again to like get a movie made. It's weird. Right. I don't know. Like he shouldn't that's, have to like earn his keep again. That's why I can appreciate something like Nope. I I didn't love Nope, but it's like, hey, at least Jordan Peele is getting to make Jordan Peele movies. Mm-hmm. Whether I like them or not, at least they're his movies and we're not just absorbing him into the hegemony of this Hollywood monolith that unfortunately has sucked in Sam Raimi now. Yeah. Um, Rob you, I think you might be the only person who, uh, of the four of us who saw this, but do you understand why Where the Crawdads Sing is like the <laughs> sleeper hit of the summer? It's like sneaking its way to $100 million. Yeah. It wasn't in the Oprah's book club, right? It was in somebody else's book club. It was in Renee Zellweger. Oh, Renee Zellweger. No, not Renee Zellweger. Reese Witherspoon. Reese produced Witherspoon it. produced it, right? It's okay. still it's still playing in a number of theaters around yeah. here. It's just one of those. I'm I'm amazed at at yeah. its staying power. It's not very good. I think it's just because it's the only movie geared towards women that's pretty much yeah, and just counter been out the entire summer. Yeah. yeah, that Taylor Swift song's not bad though. Carolina, it's a good one. Yeah. Very, very moody. I can see why. I can imagine her reading it and and writing us really being really writing us. That song makes me want to read the book because I'm like, oh, Taylor must have seen something in it that she liked that didn't translate to the movie. But uh, that Carolina song is okay. I like it's moody. Put it John, on. Did you did you see um, the Black Phone? No, I did not. Did that no. come out this summer? Yeah, it was like around Fourth of July. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those movies where the trailer, I believe, was shown pre-pandemic and then it got held up and then they cut a completely different trailer. They um, did delay it, I remember. Which gave away a lot more. That's Um, just that King Core stuff that I'm just not, I'm not. uh, It's it's on my list, but um, I... um, I had to deal with the thieves and criminals who packed up my stuff and yeah. tried to get it across country. I think it's the real... streaming on Peacock. You don't have to go out to a theater to see it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually still like Peacock a lot and think yeah. it's worth every penny. I was trying to decide. Adam brought up the summertime, and I was thinking of like what the end of the summer is, and I'm looking at like the next week of movies, and I'm thinking maybe Pinocchio is the end of the summer. The end of the summer yeah. is the Blob at Century the Theater. <laughs> it's so weird that Pinocchio is just like this fodder for a street to try to get more subscriptions to a streaming service, yet is a Robert Zemeckis, yeah. Tom Hanks. Pinoc- right. Like that movie would gross like two hundred fifty million dollars in two thousand. Yeah, if it came out Thanksgiving of two thousand. I saw the yeah. I saw the trailer and I thought it was so odd that mm-hmm. as much as 
so many of those live action Disney cartoon adaptations are sort of slavishly beholden to the original. Mm. How much they wanted the puppet to look like the animated Pinocchio. It's like, yeah, this is a sacred shibboleth. We do not mess with Pinocchio. You can change anything you want, Robert, but Pinocchio has to look like this. I'm okay with that because like by counterpoint, if I'm looking at like the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio that's coming out on Netflix, it's like, I don't need like it to look like wood farts and stuff. Like I want it to be like visually appealing. So like it was funny because when I was watching the trailer, the new trailer for Pinocchio, the Zemeckis one, for some reason I was like, like Pinocchio was my first favorite movie ever. So like I, I it holds a really dear place in my heart. Um, but I was just like, did they nail Monstro? How does Monstro look? And I saw Monstro. I'm just like, okay, this movie's going to rock. And now <laughs> so Disney's kicking themselves for getting rid of Pleasure Island 15 years ago because oh they had a cross promotion. But you had really good taste, Adam, because for the longest time back when I taught, I've always thought that Disney animation peaked with Pinocchio. That if you watch Pinocchio, that is the jewel in the crown because it shows them learning lessons from Snow White and actually showing off the number of times in Pinocchio that light is animated, the number of times things get wet, all Mm -hmm. these things that are very difficult to animate and now go back to Monstro. Oh, well, the climax is in the ocean and you have all this water. It's a a masterclass in animation and Disney never got better than Pinocchio. Plus the story's fun. And it's great. a great lesson for children that you should listen to your parents sometimes. For some reason, not to get too autobiographical, but like, I think the reason why it resonated with me so much was when I was a kid, I was like a very nervous kid and I felt very intimidated by a lot of things in the world. And I felt like Pinocchio kind of was, he felt like he was a fuck up all the time and he was scared of everything. And I'm just like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. So like, it was sort of nice to see, I guess if you call it representation, I am a wooden puppet. <laughs> Pinocchio 2022 is the movie that Andy saw that made him. <laughs> uh, uh, did did I mention... see Hustle with Adam Sandler? No. I wanted to, but I would have to subscribe to Netflix for that. I read um, good things about it. Okay. What about Father of the Bride on HBO Max? Nope. What about Mad God on Shudder? Nope. Okay. We haven't out real about... smooth. Some of us saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Not as good as Shit House, but still pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's cute. That's kind of the I'm, best thing I could say about it. I'm kind of happy that his next movie, it's not him as the lead because I feel like the Cooper Rafe character is becoming its own like kind right. of cliche. So yeah. Rob, yeah. what were you gonna say? I was, just gonna, I was just going to say, we haven't talked about DC League of Super Pets yet. Or you Minions Rise oh, yeah, you of Gru. Why the fuck are we doing this show? But yeah. I also, I think I mentioned Scraping the Bottom of the Barrel because yeah, when that trailer... That's what that movie is. When that yeah. trailer was released, I was like, what? It was... Yeah. Patrick said this before. It's like a joke movie that you see a trailer for in another movie. Like the, the Adam Sandler trailers and Funny People. What yeah. they're they they're doing the dogs now? Come on! Yeah. Anybody Did else you... besides me and Patrick see Bullet Train? No. That was Ooh, a low stuff. point for the summer as well. Yeah, 
you that's what's great about having friends who see movies before you is you two warned me off of bullets train so it's not as good as train to busan uh no it's not as good as money train it's not as good as runaway train it's not as good as how to train your dragon how to train your dragon one two or three training day training Training day no the train with burt lancaster yeah that's a good one uh, uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe was pretty funny. Okay, all right, all right. But did it's anybody... in one year out the other. It kind of got sullied for me a little bit because I didn't know when I watched the movie that it was basically just promotion to get you to watch the Beavis and Butthead reboot series on Paramount Plus. So then I felt like a dirty bitch. <laughs> it's a it's a carrot to get you to subscribe to Paramount. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Patrick, you turn me on the... Marcel the motherfucker with his shoes on. <laughs> no, but those books are really sweet. I like those books. The other so night, I called them a motherfucker. Okay. Um, the other night, uh, L.A. Doug and I went to see oh. Jenny Slate live at the Largo, and nice. we had a standing bet during dinner: how many times is she going to mention Marcel the shell with shoes on? And as it turns out, the answer was zero. Nice. Never brought up that she currently had a film playing in theaters and that's like crawdad that thing is hanging on around here it's still in theaters around here world's most successful heterosexual right jenny slate <laughs> she went from chris evans to john ham uh, oh yeah is that who she's with now john Hamm? no not anymore but there was some uh, no, joke no, on twitter no. years ago about she, how she got married and had a child because yeah. the majority of her stand-up that night was about having the child it's great. It was, it was very funny. Her shtick never bothers me. When you see like obvious child or like things where you see her doing the like Greta Gerwig like like adult baby person right, thing, right, where right. it's like the story I like is about how child a lot. the yeah. story is about how they're an adult but they're not an adult. Um, like her, in she manages to not bother me. I like her a lot in those. Rob, rooms. you. I think in Patrick, you also saw The Princess and said it was good. I was about to mention that Patrick turned me on to The Princess. That movie's really fun. I didn't yeah, see that's it. on Hulu. You get to see yeah. Joey King kick some medieval ass. It's awesome. Better or worse than A Kid in King Arthur's Court? I never saw A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Oh, you're a grown man, so I don't know how it would God, work. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to rewatch it. Yeah. He, te- he teaches them ago. like about gum. In roller like roller blades. <laughs> Kate yeah. Winslet and Daniel Craig are in that movie, aren't they? Yep. They yeah. are, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Anybody see Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Nope. Not, oh, no. Here's one. Here's my favorite movie title of the summer. A movie I have not seen. All the Old Knives. Who is in that? Anybody see? It's Chris Pine. It's Chris Pine oh, and Lawrence yeah. I started that movie. It was on Am- it's on Amazon Prime. I started yeah. it. I made it about 15 minutes and it's I tapped out. All the old knives. I just yeah. like that. I don't know why. Did anybody see that other Chris Pine movie, The Contractor, that came out in like April? No. no I never saw that either. Remember Shadow Recruit? Oh, was good. Of course. 100 views <laughs> on YouTube. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> I always like whenever I see that the 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 reserve seating has a hundred views. It's like Rob and I should take a drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, what are we What are we looking forward to for the rest of the year? All right. Let's see. Since we're at sort of we're at the two thirds point, roughly. We got Avatar. Uh, I'm yeah. glad somebody mentioned it besides me. Yeah. Avatar and Avatar: The Way of Water. Right. right. We've the got release of Avatar. 
as John mentioned, Jaws in IMAX and real D 3D. I got to see it both ways. Yeah, looking um, forward to that. Yeah, I was looking forward to Don't Worry, Darling, but now I feel like it can't be. <laughs> I still want to see it. Yeah, um, me too. Barbarian. I want to see the just, movie, yeah. but for different reasons. Which Anna Darmas movie? The 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 uh, oh, blonde. What's it called? Oh. Blonde. Yeah. Well, you're a big B and W guy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Amsterdam. Yeah, Which but I feel Amsterdam? like I can't want to watch movie? David O. Russell anymore. Like, yeah. I feel like it's against the law to do that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, uh, Pocus Hulk. 2, Disney yeah. Plus. I got the cereal. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Halloween is going to end. Yeah. Evil dies tonight. I just yeah. rewatched Halloween Kills. It's still not good. That's, that movie <laughs> fucking blows. Um, Oh, then speaking, John. Speaking of products, uh, the next Dwayne the Rock Johnson film, Black Adam, is is set to release. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Good. The next product from Dwayne, acclaimed <laughs> actor Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I saw the funniest tweet about that this week, where it was like, when Black Adam underperforms, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Ten days later, we'll have a tweet saying like, "Thanks to all the fans for having like the lowest Tuesday to Wednesday drop in October." <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the trailer for Black Adam once, and I'm convinced it's like a Vinny Chase movie from Entourage. That's what it felt like, like a fake movie that he was in. Yeah. Somebody pointed out on Twitter that the the uh, Daniel Radcliffe Weird Al Yankovic movie seems like a Thirty Rock bit, and yep. I still, but I still want to see it. <laughs> it's supposed to be on like the Roku channel, which I yeah, don't even know uh... if like on Fire Stick I can get. Can yeah. I get the Roku channel on Fire Stick? This I is don't the, think, this is our, but I honestly don't know. I'm this is sure our lives right now. I had to right. go to get Fire Stick to watch Wonder Woman 84, and I got to go back to Roku <laughs> to watch the Weird Al story. Anyways, um, Ticket to Paradise, not. I don't think looks good, but I'm all for a romantic comedy with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Sure. Okay, yeah. if you put a gun to my head, I could not have told you what that movie is called, Yeah, but I saw the trailer for it before E.T., I like both of them. I like movie stars. That looks like one of the biggest pieces of shit ever. It's from the director of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. The poster is up in the lobby of this theater that I'm growing to love. Um, I saw the trailer before Emily, the criminal of the Banshees of Inishirin, the Martin McDonough. Oh, I I saw a very long trailer for that before Emily, the criminal. It looks really good. Yeah, that looks really good. The Imbruge Reunion. Yeah. Um, Can't wait. Glass yeah. Onion. Sure. Can Ryan Johnson. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Benoit Blanc. I want to see. I don't have to leave my house for. Yeah. yeah. I'll still go if that's playing in a theater. I'll go to the theater to see it. Yeah. Um, I want to see the Fablemans. That's about Spielberg's childhood. Yeah, definitely. I want to see Armageddon Time. That's like the next James Gray movie, but it's got Anne Hathaway as Jewish mom, and that's like. Top ten oh, fantasies yeah. for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Empire of Light is a screener that will sit on my cabinet for three weeks and I won't watch it. The new Sam Mendes movie. Oh god, yeah, I saw the trailer for that. That's 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 a good example of like the eh, isn't cinema important? Eh, yeah, eh? that'll sit. That's that's an eat your vegetables movie. That movie will sit on the counter. I can see right now where it's going to sit. And I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to watch it. There's no trailer for it, but I I been reading about Babylon, the Damien Chazelle yeah. movie about like the silent era with um era. Era, uh, with era. Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. So I want to see that. That's uh 
Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving, right? Can they I think, coexist? I oh, think Adam Samara, just did a spit take. <laughs> I think Samara Weaving is in that movie too, which is weird. Yeah, it would be weird to see them both in the same place. Then at the same I will time. see it. And if Jamie Presley's in the same frame, then I holy will. shit. Michael Showalter has a movie coming out in December called Spoiler Alert: The Hero Dies. I saw Michael Showalter's last movie, the Academy Award-winning Eyes of Tammy Faye, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm all set. Um, Michael Showalter's next movie after the spoiler alert one is also Anne Hathaway, and it's supposed to be about her taking her daughter to Coachella, and then Anne Hathaway falls in love with like one of the members of a boy band that's performing there. And the joke on Twitter was, do you think Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles are looking at each other and being like, is this about us? (laughs) (laughs) I will say, speaking of the Fablemans, um, I did finally watch that Spielberg documentary from a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. um, Which is really fun. uh, And learned that whole thing about his dad. Yeah. Like for years, he thought his dad left the family and turns out his mother fell in love with the best friend and his dad just wanted to make that was like broke my heart. That was like because yeah. so, it's an entire, you know, quarter century of cinema based around his daddy right. issues. And you're just like, oh, my God, like not that it would have made it any better, but like so much of the fathers and sons stuff of, of Spielberg's entire filmography is based around this thing that just ended up not being true. And you're just like, Oh my goodness, we really do mess up our kids. Don't we? But I'm really looking for, I was hoping that David Lynch was playing his father, but it, it, it he's playing John Ford, which is not Almost as exciting. <laughs> There's some crazy like Hollywood stories about family stuff. Like I remember like hearing Nicholson's story. Did you, did yeah. you hear about that? There's a bunch of them in, go ahead, which which one are you talking about? um, He, Nicholson, thought that the girl who was his older sister was his sister, but it was really his mom. His mother, yeah. And, like, she just had him at a really young age, and, like, his grandmother pretended to be his mother. Wow. Such a, such a crazy, just, Hmm. boy, oh, boy, are we multifaceted. Um, Let's see. What else is coming out? Oh, Luca's got a new movie. Like Luca, the little boy from Pixar? No, Luca Guadagnino. Oh, maker, yeah. It's a maker of the only... The, the cannibalism movie, movie. Yeah. Bones and all, it's called. Uh, as the world's biggest Suspiria remake fan, I guess I'll see that. All right. Um, they're remaking uh, Matilda again? No, I'm good. Matilda again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Black uh, Panther... Oh, yeah. That's Black a big Panther. one that's coming out. I forgot. Yeah. I finally did see that trailer before maybe before bodies 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 which was very strange like i'm set, settling in for this a24 movie and they're like here's the mournful rumination for chadwick boseman in wakanda forever i'll see it just to be part of the conversation but there was nothing in the trailer that i was like and it's you know the new ryan coogler there's reasons to be excited for it but i am officially experiencing some marvel fatigue yeah adam and i are yeah. bummed speaking of coogler that that creed 3 is getting pushed yeah well, that's oh yeah, isn't it? That's uh, Michael B. Jordan directing. I know, I'm just saying. It. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, early word is very positive. Apparently, it screened recently, and oh really, lost their shit for it. Yeah, I think we Adam. Do we owe Creed two another look? I mean, yeah. After we reviewed the Spirit Halloween movie, you want to do a Creed two? I think another. We could do it the first Creed reserve seating follow than you we'll could possibly imagine. That's what I think. <laughs> What'd you say, John? You both owe Creed 2. I think you both owe 
your reputations to creep yeah. to. I think certainly there's money that should change hands, but that's just one man's opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to school. Right, we should wrap it up, guys. And, oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No. I'm They're just promoting. wrapping it up. I feel like we're 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 out of stuff. So uh, I'm gonna go. But uh, thank you guys for doing the show with me. I always enjoy it. This is a weird experiment to do it over Zoom. We'll get more used to it as time goes on. I'm hoping to record more shows this way. Um, but thank you guys for doing this. This was really fun, and I got a couple of recommendations of stuff I need to check out and or revisit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote them down. Ooh, very nice. On the back of Elsa Lanchester. Uh-huh. I feel like most of the stuff we recommended to you, JB, is all streaming. So you could just go to like Amazon Video or Voodoo right now and rent it all. Which is ironic because, again, I, I don't mean to be playing this one string, but moving in once you have a, had a house for 30 years is very different than 30 years ago when we moved into the Preston house. Yeah you would not believe how close this movie theater is. I could almost walk to it if that was something I was interested in doing. So I'll start walking now. So I'm going to, I wish the century theater had the same deal as AMC Stubbs. They've got a, a, a program, but it's nowhere near as good as Stubbs. So mm-hmm. I am going to start going to the movies again. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.